Hey, welcome to this special edition of the Central Podcast. My name is Matt Schantz. I'm the lead pastor at Central. I'm here with Ron Van Acker, the executive pastor. I think that's who I am. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah. So we uh, wanted to give you all uh, a quick word, get get you in the loop around uh, coronavirus and Mm. uh, let you know uh, how we're responding. And uh, so, Ron, why don't you take it from there? Yeah, we uh, are staying in touch with the provincial health office to figure out exactly what we're supposed to do. And we've put into place a number of protocols that we think will be helpful, just practical things, nothing, uh, uh, nothing overt, nothing too, uh, too fancy. Uh, simple things like we encourage people to be informed, uh, to check out the health link page. Uh, simple things at the church, wash your hands regularly, avoid touching your face. That's how uh, the virus is transmitted. Uh, here we've got uh, hand sanitizer stations around the church. Actually, in all of our campus will have hand sanitizer stations. So you can uh, make sure you your hands are clear. Um, when you're here, simple things like uh, cover your mouth when you cough. Uh, if you do cough, uh, cough into your sleeve. If you're sick, please stay at home. Um, just get well. We want you to get well. And if you've ris- visited a high-risk area, you know, just spend some time. Make sure you are, are not infected by the uh, virus. We do have our messages online, so you can still receive great teaching. Uh, the health officer has asked that we refrain from customary greetings like hugging and handshakes, and that's going to be tough, but we ask you to refrain with that. Uh, just give people a, a warm smile and a wave and let them know that you love them. Uh, And then probably the biggest thing that's going to change around here is uh, when we take our offering. That's going to happen at the end of the service. The ushers will have the baskets at the end, and that just allows people not to uh, pass the offering basket around and potentially pass on any any uh, germs, so just you can do that. But I want to remind you, you can give electronically, either at the Welcome Center or on our website. Uh, And then uh, just so you know, we're going to up the disinfecting of the church. We already do try and keep things really clean, but simple things like uh, we'll have someone here in Chilliwack uh, on site cleaning during the Sunday services. The other campuses are all being taken care of as well. Kids ministry has stepped up their game. We have people who are actually going to wash all the toys after every major event we do. Uh, So those are some of the practical things we're, we're planning. Have you uh, caught wind of any of the toilet paper fiascos? <laughs> yeah, apparently it has nothing to do with that end of your uh, your, your anatomy. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a respiratory disease. I feel like there's a few people with bunkers filled with toilet paper. Yeah, my, my garage may be full. May Ron, or may, may or may not it's be full. you. You're the guy? <laughs> you're the guy taking them all from hey, my local grocery store? I'm a Dutchman and I, it's a way to make money. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting to watch. And so I think... Ron, what you just shared is just good Christian wisdom, right? Mm. It's just it's just wise, and and the health authority is uh, giving us some clear, helpful guidelines really to follow. Yeah, and and we should do that. We should uh, participate in that. No holy kisses for a while. Totally right. Yeah, they're off. They're off the table. Yeah. for yeah. a season. And so, but it, it, it kind of gets us thinking at the same time, yes, we want to participate in all of these uh, things that we should be doing uh, to, to help uh, keep the virus from spreading. Yep. But it also, um, I think it also speaks a little bit to uh, what, what, should, what, are, what should our posture be yeah, exactly. in this time? What yep. does it look like? What does it look like? To, is, there, is there anything unique about being a Christian as um, some of the fear is coming from, from, yep. from some folks or the opposite of it in some instances where people are like, well, it's only the vulnerable who are really, you know, and it's like, well, 
uh, actually, even to that, Christians have yeah. had a history of being the ones to care for. Exactly. Yeah. The that, most that is, vulnerable. That is the history of the church, that yeah. we step in where others won't, right? And it's a great opportunity here. So I love this book by Rodney Stark called The Rise of Christianity. Mm. Quite a quite an important book. And he traces just that, the rise of Christianity from the first century in Rome and, and, and out. And there's a whole chapter on three major plagues, the first, second, and fourth centuries, hmm. um, where I think the one in the first century, it's estimated that a, a quarter or even up to a third of Rome was wiped out. Seriously? Wow. And that it's a contributor to the fall of Rome. And anyways, he, he argues that it's because Christians responded differently than everyone else, because their faith could hold up under suffering and called them to respond with compassion and suffering, that Christianity really began to flourish. Um, he, he notes that the, mm. the pagan priests at that time had nothing to offer the people because they didn't know why the gods had sent such misery or if huh. the gods were even involved or even cared. Wow. The scientists or the, 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 the doctors in medicine at the time had no knowledge about bacteria or viruses. And mm. so they actually had no useful medical courses of action that they could suggest. Yeah. The philosophers at the time had no answer. Natural law doesn't help in saying why suffering abounds, or at least to find meaning in it. And to say that survival is a matter of luck makes life seem trivial. So the philosophers were at a loss. So while all other faiths were called into question, Christianity offered an explanation and comfort. Hmm. And so I just want to share a quick word about hmm. that in this moment, a, a kind of a call to remind us of who we are as followers of Jesus. Christians, on the other hand, in these early centuries, when these plagues uh, were sweeping through their cities and nations, had a faith that made life meaningful amid suffering and even surprising death, right? The faith has answers, yeah. the best answers, the best worldview to answer questions of, is there a God? Why is there suffering? What happens when we die? And um, so Cyprian, an, uh, an early church father, wrote at this time, our brethren who have been freed from the world by the summons are not lost, but sent before, that in departing, they lead the way. Hmm. He had this confidence in God yeah. that those who had died um, had just were paving the way for those to follow. Sure, yeah. And so they actually had joy even while mm. everyone else was in great distress. Christianity teaches there, there is meaning in suffering, especially in death. Another church father, Dionysius, noted that though the massive death rate terrified everyone else, Christians greeted the epidemic as merely, quote, schooling and testing. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Additionally, huh. Christians... Uh, Christianity provided a prescription for action. Dionysius went on to say, he, he's, he's, he's telling of the account of one of these plagues. Listen to this. Most of our brother Christians showed unbounded love and loyalty, never sparing themselves and thinking only of one another. Hmm. Heedless of danger, they took charge of the sick, attending to their every need and ministering to them in Christ. And with them departed this life serenely happy. Wow. For they were infected by others with the disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbors and cheerfully accepting their pains. Many, 
in nursing and curing others, transferred their death to themselves and died in their stead. Hmm. The best of our brothers lost their lives in this manner. A number of presbyters, pastors, deacons, and laymen winning high commendation so that death in this form, the result of great piety and strong faith, seems in every way the equal of martyrdom. Seems remarkable like Jesus, doesn't it? What a great way to manifest the gospel. Right? Yeah. Dying in their stead, taking it upon, yeah. taking the disease upon themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So what was happening is, is um, a lot of the Christians, because they were so involved in, in, in nursing um, the sickness of others, uh, contracted uh, the plague early themselves. Sure. And yeah. those that survived then um, were actually immune. It couldn't damage them. And so they went about, because they had survived it, they weren't going to get sick from it again. They went around caring for the sick and by feeding them, um, giving them uh, nourishment, something to drink, caring for their basic needs, um, it's estimated that they were two th- people were two-thirds more likely to survive. Huh. So um, this is interesting. Dionysius goes on and says, the heathen... Um, meanwhile, behaved in the very opposite way, or the non-believer. At, at the first onset of the disease, and this is what his, this is what happened in history. They pushed the sufferers away and fled from their dearest, throwing mm. them into the roads before they were dead, and treated unburied corpses as dirt, wow. hoping thereby to avert the spread and contagion of the fatal disease. But do what they might, they found it difficult to escape. Hmm. And so um, in the early church, in these moments, Matthew 25 really resounded for them. I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. Mm -hmm. And so this was the norm of the early Christian community. And it caused even opponents of Christianity to say, look how they love one another Mm -hmm. and look how they love us. And they extended that love and uh, and to unbelievers as well. And their faith in the midst of crisis and epidemic and their sacrificial love actually sparked incredible revival. Yep. So, so that's, that's our rich history. It's something else. Yep. Like it, it's wild. And so I think we just in a time like this need to be wise about how we can keep this virus from spreading. Exactly. That's yep. a way that we love our neighbor. That's a way that we care. We participate in, in doing this. And actually at our church, we've got a number of doctors, number of nurses, number, number of people in the medical community, and we have obviously a wonderful healthcare system in Canada. Yeah, and they've helped speak into this protocol to That's, say this is a way to go. So yeah, absolutely, which has been really helpful. And so we we acknowledge people won't be pushing their ill family members into the street, They're, but they are going to send them to the hospital. Yeah, and so we want to yep. be in prayer for um, the medical community, totally, and our brothers and sisters in Christ who are uh, a part of that as they as they serve. And uh, would invite as well, kind of, kind of all of those things at once. Just some good wisdom around it, but faith over fear, hope over hysteria, calm, care, and courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, manifesting the presence of Christ in our community. Amen. Yeah, it's good. So we uh, we've got this audio. Uh, you can also check out our blog. Uh, we will have uh, a write up of everything that Ron communicated there up for you, and we're going to spread it around on social media through our app. And just want you to be aware of what we're doing and also want to uh, remind you of the rich history with which we come from and that we might embody and manifest the love of Jesus, um, the very presence of Jesus at a time like this. Yep. We look forward to celebrating this weekend again together. Amen. Yep. Thanks, Ron. My pleasure. Thank you.